Hey everyone, and welcome to Lift, Feel, Pray, a podcast aimed at exploring the relationship between physical, mental, and spiritual health and wellness in an effort to inspire, support, and encourage you on your journey through life. Thanks for listening. So good evening, guys, good morning, or whatever time you may be listening to this. Uh, so today's topic is going to be uh, on mood, uh, factors that may influence it, um, how uh, we can affect it and things that we can do um, to maybe change it. And you know, during these times in this kind of pandemic, um, I know I've experienced some mood swings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm joined yeah. to you today, guys, by uh, Stephen and Jeff, as always. Hey, guys. I'm, hey, everybody. I'm Coach Colin. And um, so, yeah, so that's what we're going to be sharing today. And so we're just going to open up. And maybe share our own experiences, uh, you know, moments where we may have struggled uh, in the past or maybe even more recently. Uh, and, you know, moments where we may have overcome or, or how to overcome those kind of those, those, those maybe negative moods into more of a positive outline. So uh, what, what, what's up, guys? How are you doing today? Oh, oh man. we're hanging in there. Um, yeah, yep. I feel like I feel like that's how we started almost every podcast during the pandemic is we're hanging in there. Yeah, it's true, right. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah really. And if you guys aren't sure, kind of when we're, you know, what time that we're, uh, or date that we're kind of sh- um, sharing this podcast, it's kind of, we're kind of just opening, fl- we're, you know, we're located in Florida, so we're just kind of opening into phase one of the reopening process. So we're still kind of in the thick of it, but we're optimistic about uh, the near future. We sure yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about affecting mood. I mean, uh, the news cycle, I think for most people. Uh, it's going to have that impact for sure. I know for me, um, my mood has definitely been influenced by it. And I know yeah. I've kind of like strategically planned on not watching the news yeah. certain days mm-hmm. and at certain yeah. times, and then also managing how much I'm looking at. So it's just, it's been pretty overwhelming. Yeah. And but, obviously you mean more in a, in a negative light with that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Up to this point in time. Yeah. 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 So I'm trying to, trying to be like informed, you know, enough, but not get caught up in, you know, some of the, projections that are a little bit more i don't know scary um, yeah or, you know i used the analogy uh, to someone the other day when we were, i was talking about that and like watching the stuff in the news it's kind of like uh and i'm sure we've all experienced it some way or another if you know i've had like a pain in like my left kidney for a week and i start looking at webmd you know <laughs> and before you know it, you're diagnosing yourself with pains and symptoms uh-huh. and numbers and it's like Oh, I'm going to die next week type deal, you know? I know. Uh, I mean, right. I mean you're, it's I mean, the you're beginning looking, of the end. It's the yeah, beginning of the end. Yeah, I know. You start looking at real statistics and real things, but then at the same time, it's it's just doing your, yourself no good by, by constantly looking at these things. And I think yeah. there's kind of places, this kind of inner conscious, you know, that's kind of messing with your head. And again, it's not, it's just not a healthy way to go about it. So you have to kind of make sure you're, you don't overwhelm yourself with those types of numbers and statistics, you know? I mean, that's a big yeah. part of what you're talking about is exactly what I started, I think, right when this all began, um, putting out there and talking to people about was illness anxiety, which used to be called hypochondriasis. So if, if, you, if you're not familiar with the term illness anxiety, it's basically the same thing um, where you can really get caught up in believing that you have something wrong with you, you know, yeah. um, that you've developed yeah. a disease or illness. And the mind is so powerful that as you get caught in that cycle, you can almost start to experience um, and create some of the physical symptoms associated with yes. the disease that you fear you have. So, I'm a big yeah. believer in that. I'm a big believer in that for sure. So like yeah. uh-huh. you start reading I mean, symptoms about like dry mouth and you start yeah. you know, constantly having dry mouth. 
I mean, so, so that that's going to affect your mood, you know, obviously yeah. the anxiety um, and the depression that can kind of come with that. And if I can just kind of share a story openly about whenever I was younger, I mean, I, I've, I've dealt with anxiety throughout my life. I mean, I think most people have, um, but my relationship with anxiety earlier on in my life was much more significant than it is now. I think fortunately with experience and um, with therapy and uh, just everything that I've gone through that has contributed to my personal growth, I have a better handle on it. But I can remember being 10 years old and I was a big like um, a fan of history. I've been a big fan of history. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the black and white movie uh, about Lou Gehrig before. Um, no. No, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. And I remember watching it and then I was like nine or 10 maybe 11. And I, that was the first time I found out about Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's ALS, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I got like, just fixated on it, you know, and just obsessed about having that disease. Um, yeah. And I started thinking about it, like, oh my gosh, like, is this going to happen to me? And I can remember like, it was a period of a couple of days where I started to manifest some of the symptoms because I researched it. Yeah, and right. it started to get like, I remember feeling like numbness and tingling in my, in my extremities, which is like, you know, it could be a sign of many different things. Yeah. But then I just, and then I started to experience panic. It was the first time in my life that I'd ever had a panic attack and I didn't know what it was. Right. And if you've never had one before, um, it, it feels like you're dying. And mm -hmm. um, it, it was horrific, but I will mm. never forget that um, experience in my life. And so, yeah. You know I've had the same experience, Stephen. Um, I was I was uh, nine or ten, just like you were, and uh, it's right when the AIDS epidemic started to come out. And uh, mom mm -hmm. and dad did a trip to uh, I think it was Hawaii, so they were gone for like a week or two. And uh, my grandparents were watching me, and, and I remember watching the news and uh, hearing all these reports about um, AIDS patients. And here are some of the symptoms, and and one of them was talking about skin lesions. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd start to see red spots on your skin. And well, I started inspecting my skin and sure enough, I had little red dots on my skin, but it was just pigment and, you know, <laughs> I was thinking that I, I had AIDS. And so I started weighing myself uh, almost like every hour thinking, you know, because they also said weight loss was a part of AIDS. And, and so, uh, so I, I just, I hid myself in a room for an entire week and my grandparents couldn't figure out for the life of them what was wrong with me. And uh, I, oh, I no. too was suffering from anxiety and panic. And, um, and then when mom and dad finally arrived home, about a week and a half later, um, they knew something was wrong. And my dad sat me down uh, downstairs and said, what's going on? And I told him, I'm like, dad, I have AIDS. And, and you know, oh. to, 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 to a parent of a nine-year-old. Yeah. Well, oh, Jeff, he prepared, he prepared his speech and I what he was going to give oh, away. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, I was, oh, no. I know. That's terrific. <laughs> So oh, I think yeah. it's just to say your mood was not good. Exactly. Not at all. Not Oh. But I think yeah. also like, you know, and you know, those of you listening might be like, oh, you know, you know, that's funny. And those are kind of some silly, um, you know, examples. And they, and they might be because they're kind of extreme. But I'm mm -hmm. telling you right now, between this kind of pandemic or things like, you know, cancer and stuff like that. And those things happen, you know, in our adult yes. lives too. Absolutely. That, that might not be as extreme or, you know, sound as silly, but that's like, that's a really real create can create real anxiety can really change our mood day in day out and how that can, can manifest over time right steve or you tell you what, Colin, 
they can actually become even even worse as an adult, um, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I, I deal with people and I know Stephen probably does, too, um, that um, we see cases where people uh, lead into believing something that they have. And uh, next thing you know, they they are blown full out depression, anxiety, right, right. And, and you almost have to bring them back into reality yeah. and say, hey, wait a minute. Have you even been tested yet? Right. Um, and, 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 and most often, uh, that's not the case. They're, they're negative. So, yeah. um, well, yeah, it, it, you know, it's times like these that you also come in contact with the, a, a lot of different kind of existential realities as we kind of think mm-hmm. about them. And one of them is that we all are going to die. All right. Yeah. Right. That's like, let me, I, I like the pause that we had there, but I'll just say it again. We're, we're all going to die. <laughs> like, it's so, not, not like, not today. Right? Yeah, like, right. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, and by the way, that wasn't a threat. I'm not directing right. it towards either. You recall. Um, I'm not driving anywhere today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to die. Um, no, but the idea is that we are, and that sucks. Like, I don't know about you. Like, I know. Jeff, you know, as a pastor from your background, I know that one of the things, obviously, that you're looking forward to is connecting with Jesus Christ and and with God and being with your family. And I know that, you know, if you do have a religious faith that you lean on and that you lean into, um, that that is going to be a glorious moment, right? Yes. Um, But it's not an easy transition, you know, And, and then if you don't have faith and the idea is that, you know, you just vanish into nothingness, well, that's even more concerning so i think regardless of what your faith is the idea of not being consciously alive sucks um i I think maybe not to everybody and everyone's you know certainly has their own opinion and i respect that but for me it's not fun and i think for the people who would agree with that things like this pandemic Mm -hmm. cause us to have to confront um our mortality Mm -hmm. and that that's something that we have to yeah and you don't normally do that Right. Normally we can kind of exist in this kind of bubble of um, I don't want to call it ignorance, but I, I don't think we're always actively thinking about the fact that we're not going to live forever. Yeah, and it's times where our life is threatened that we do have those thoughts in that that impacts and increases anxiety that causes us to develop feelings of depression. Because why mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Right. Like considering your mortality is going to create those sorts of feelings. But the nice thing about this. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a super silver linings guy. I know that that's not always like the best approach in most cases to kind of say, um, it sucks that we're going to die, but on the bright side, right? And so that's not where I'm taking this necessarily. Right, right, right. exactly. The, the good news is you won't have to wake up every morning like, no, that's I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm not I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not going to go there, but. But uh, I think it does provide us an opportunity to confront a reality that far too often we ignore. And by confronting it, you know, we kind of can prepare ourselves, mm-hmm. prepare our minds and our bodies and our spirits in a way that allows us to experience like a newfound freedom. I think yeah. when, you construct, when you confront existential realities that we normally don't like to pay attention to or confront and going through that very difficult process, it frees us up in many ways. So, um, And that is probably a good kind of segue into things that uh, can impact our mood. And, uh, you know, influences yeah. that can make it for better and worse. So, so what are some things in your guys' lives um, that mm-hmm. either maybe you do or that you have recognized that has uh, been able to impact your mood uh, on the better or the worse side of things? 
Well, you know, I, 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 I've been thinking about this since, um, you know, for those of you who are listening, we, we usually send an outline out prior to our podcast and, and uh, gives us some time to prepare. And as uh, that question uh, came to light for me, I started to think about what is it that impacts my mood? And, um, it, you know, for me, a lot of it has to deal with work. Um, I, I, I've come to this place in my life where I don't share much of my work life with my wife and with my kids um, and because ultimately what I want to do is I want to protect my wife and my kids from um, the, the negatives uh, of, of my uh, line of work. And what did this for me was um, probably it was about 10 years ago. I was at the airport in Dallas on uh, Washington, D.C., and I, I pulled out my um, a, a magazine, uh, a leadership journal magazine. And it talked about a pastor who actually brought home all of his garbage, all of his negativity about the church. And when it came time to sit at the dinner table, uh, this pastor uh, would just share and just, I hate to say it, but vomit out everything that was negative about the church. And so what happened? Well, his wife and his kids became bitter um, towards the, the church and I uh, really did not want to have any association with the church. And so I vowed at that moment, uh, sitting for my flight at, at Dallas International, that I would never um, do that. And so I, I, I try um I, I try to protect them um, by doing that. However, I will say that by doing that um, leaves me with little room to vent. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes what happens is that leaves leaves it in my head, and uh, and that can really affect my mood with my family. Um, and I'll and I'll and I'll share. I'll be vulnerable here for a moment. Last week, um, I went literally from happy to snappy within a minute yeah. and I, and i and i had an, a complete mood swing because what was going on in my head at the moment i was thinking something work related and um, it was a random thought that crossed my mind i had no way to process it in that moment and so as my wife and i are having this conversation i was happy i was fine and then all of a sudden i snapped at her she couldn't for the life of her figure out what in the world did she just say. And here I am trying to backtrack and apologize to her uh, for, for snapping at my wife. And um, it, it, it broke my heart that um, something that was inside of my head that, you know, I was trying to protect them by not sharing it and venting um, ultimately still killed the situation and, and 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 the mood was completely changed for the rest of the evening so what have you set up in terms of so your for your own outlets then jeff i mean is there kind of a small group or is there something that uh, you know a few men that you kind of rely on and lean on when it comes to that type of thing so you do have a an outlet to vent and so that you don't kind of hold it all on to yourself because that's obviously that's obviously not healthy either so no no that's right yeah you know colin that's a great question and um, I do, I do have outlets um, for that. And, and I'll say for those of you who are listening, um, you know, what, if you do have work um, stress, which I'm sure most of you who are listening do, um, you have to have an outlet um, in order to vent, um, to keep uh, your mood in check, because if not, it can consume you and, and, and then it has negative impacts. So for me, uh, you know, I, I, I like the idea of journaling. 
uh, to be able to write at the end of the day three positive things that uh, have impacted my day. Uh, and I try to stay focused on the positive. Um, there's even an app for that, isn't there, Stephen? Um, our friend Kristen, uh, I think, got us involved on that. Or was that you, Stephen? That, uh, that, yeah, was, uh, I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I know. I, I remember when we all kind of um, uh, really focused on that as sort of like an initiative that we wanted to pursue. Yeah, so yeah actually, it's called three good things um, three good things so three good things app and so you could just go to your app uh, store and, and download that and that, that that keeps a diary on us the three positive things that you went through each day um, another one for me is retreat um, just to, even if it's a day retreat just to get away uh, I, f I found through this pandemic uh, to relieve some of my stress because my work has really doubled in during this pandemic as, as crazy it is I thought by sitting at home I'd be you know completely bored out of my mind but my work load is doubled. And um, I find that I have to retreat and get away on Friday. Yeah. So uh, lately, I've been kayaking every Friday, uh, and going out on the water for like three or four hours just to just to break away. And get oh, that's nice away from the monotony of, of this pandemic and, and staying at home and being so ingrained in work. And, and yeah. so I, I try to find retreat and along with that Sabbath uh, of taking that time off. Um, but also uh, accountability. Um, I, I do find a, a benefit in accountability groups. I do belong to a group of men uh, that we uh, actually are we're trying to, to meet this week. Uh, and, they're, and they're pastors from all across uh, Florida. And so uh, from Miami to uh, the West Coast and, and all the way up to Tallahassee and over to here uh, in the in the St. John's Jacksonville area, um, we, we get together uh, twice a year. And uh, we, we physically meet for three days at a time. And uh, it's not a vacation. Uh, it's a time where um, we're, we're soul searching, where we're pouring our hearts out and where we're really uh, holding each other accountable. So, um, so you know, accountability is, is, is crucial. So if, you, if those of you who are listening don't have somebody you can uh, have, a, have as an accountability partner, um, I highly encourage you to do that. And, and not just uh, don't, don't hide things, but uh, really let them out because um, there's sometimes where you just can't share with the people in your house um, because in my situation, I don't want to bring them down. Um, I don't want them to become bitter um, and maybe somehow, you know, I, I, I am in a unique position where my work life is is impacted within my family because my family's ingrained in my work life and 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 uh, my community is generally ingrained in my work life and so um, there has to be that fine balance for me and maybe those of you who are listening are in a similar situation where your work carries into your home life and and vice versa so um, that's a, that was a great question Colin yeah because mm -hmm. I mean obviously I think that's just an important piece to kind of go on obviously because you don't want to negatively affect the people around you, but also you need some kind of, you know, self-healing when it comes to those type of, um, you know, things, especially, and, especially now. And I will say, um, because I'm, I'm nine weeks removed from it, which I desperately miss is coming to see you at the gym yeah, every morning. Yeah. Um, that is, that, that is my saving grace. Uh, that's my outlet. Um, I, and sometimes I get yelled at by your brother, uh, for yeah. listening. And, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like, are you paying attention? And I'm like, basically, <laughs> no, I'm not because that's the one time throughout the entire day 
where I don't have to listen. Right. right. I mean, I do. Uh, right, I, I do. Right, it's right. very important that I listen, but it's almost a place where my mind is free. Uh, yeah. I feel such a clarity when I'm in, inside the gym uh, mm-hmm. to have that accountability, but yet encouragement and empowerment of each other. So I highly encourage you to get physical as well. And that, I mean, that's where obviously I was going to go first with the uh, impact of mood is, you know, uh, obviously being with my expertise is, is and it might not only, only always exercise, but movement, just some sort yeah. of, movement, right? um, and there, and then going into the whole exercise and nutrition, uh, segment of it and that there's another pandemic happening. And it's the state of being hangry, right? So, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, right? My. So a hangry yes. it comes with, these, with these bad diets and, and being overly restrictive and how much it could actually affect your mood, right? If you've yep. been around somebody that's hangry or you've been hangry yourself, it's, it can, yes, raise your hands. Yes, yeah. it can affect, yeah. affect your mood deeply and it can affect uh, the relationships with those around you. But it's just funny, and I say that as jokingly, but it, it does tell you though, how much nutrition and exercise can affect yes. your moods if you're not fueling your body correctly mm-hmm. you're not moving like we were you know built and born to do move uh and how that can much that kind of stuff can affect your your moods <laughs> also you know and, and i think i think i experienced this i know you guys too but you're not always going to feel like doing these things but you know you're not always going to feel like eating right or exercising but when you do you hardly ever regret it so there is a, right. a disciplined mindset in there, you know, because I feel like sometimes when the less we move and the less we eat well, the, the less we want to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the back of our mind, we're telling ourselves, man, I know if I do this, I'll feel better. But then we convince ourselves, we get in this rut and that can kind of snowball uh, our moods and our, uh, our, you know, our health and all that kind of stuff. So I think the discipline of just getting out and doing something, you know, when people come in and they haven't really been doing anything, I'm like, don't, under, don't underestimate it going for a walk, you know, mm-hmm. or don't yeah. underestimate just drinking an extra bottle of water. Like these things can kind of, again, kind of, you know, can be like the kindling to the fire of kind of like starting something good. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes I know I can get into this kind of, you know, self-pity thing or, oh man, I didn't work out today. What's the point of really eating that well or whatever. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it snowballs into these negative mindset type deals. So, yes. um, mm-hmm. so I always say like how, you know, when people leave after they've come to a coach session, like how often do you leave this place and that, and that you regret kind of coming that hardly ever happens. Right. So, so just kind of show up to those types of things and, and maybe just kind of start with those, with the small steps kind of moving there and how, how much that can affect your mood in the long run in the, in the days and weeks to come. And then also I have here is, and obviously Jeff, you had touched on this too, but um, uh, in terms of affecting your mood is, is who you surround yourself with, right? I mean, yes, that's just a sure. huge and big part of that. You know, are you surrounding yourself with people um, that are kind of bringing your mood down or maybe always kind of pessimistic type styles? Or, and that's not to say that, you know, that we can't talk about certain things, but, um, you know, are you, are you, setting around yourself people that are going to kind of make you better you know and, and kind of yes. sometimes that can be putting you out of your comfort zone or kind of but again i think all these things kind of do affect your mood it's kind of like um how we talk about like goal setting and things like that and 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 when you're when you're on a mission to do something how how that can affect your mood and all their kind of parts of your life you know if you're kind of i feel like people that are kind of stagnant mm-hmm. that, that can kind of kind of weigh on them over time you know what i mean and, and not be going towards something and how that kind of, I don't think it's an overnight thing, but it can kind of, kind of weigh on you. And that can maybe lead to kind of negative thoughts and, 
and not really doing what you're meant to do in life, that kind of stuff, you know? Um, how, have you, um, have you ever come across Colin where you, you, you're, you're, you're stuck with somebody, um, that's negative. Um, how, how do you remove yourself from that? Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's a work, yeah. work client situation. Yeah. Um, this is, this is, this is awkward because Colin and I were just talking about, you know, how negative you are, Jeff. Yeah. So go ahead, Colin, go ahead. And say it on. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think we've talked about this and, and kind of how it just kind of comes back to other topics, you know, in the past that we've done on podcasts. Uh, but that could be a really tricky situation. I think, Jeff, you mentioned, uh, I think there was like uh, the three types of people and how you can have people to kind of bring down um, mm -hmm. a group of people, you know, but just not be on the same mission, that type of deal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, well, I think that the first thing that, that has to happen, and when I sit down with people and we talk about like their goals and, and how it all, you know, again, we talk about exercise nutrition, but how that leads. But I, my goal is to find out like the why. Like, why are you here? Yes, exercise nutrition, but but then we have to dig deeper than that. And usually when you dig deeper, like, man, I want to be around for my, my children. I want to be a good example. I want to, you know, that kind of thing. And then when you yeah, dig deeper, yeah. find those true whys. So the first thing that, and you're fine. Hey, you might be naturally more pessimistic. You might be naturally uh, more of a negative person. But if you have the commitment and the goal to, to, to work your way up and be better and, and be an example, be positive, then that's one thing. And hey, I'll work with you all day. But if you're kind of like, if, if you're kind of stagnant in your ways and, you're, and your only goal is to bring other people around you down so it makes you feel better about yourself, well, that's when you have to start kind of cutting ties, you know, because I feel like sometimes it's that cold misery loves company type deal and, and people will yeah. kind of bring it down. And so that's, that's one of those things where you have to remove yourself from that. But just because you're, you're in a rut, that doesn't mean that you're that sort of person, you know, as, as long that's as you're, right. kind of, yeah, you're setting that goal and you're trying to get better and we're all trying mm -hmm. to get better in some way. So yeah, uh, you know, I guess I, that's you know, long answer cut short, but it's, I think a lot of it has to do with your intent, the intent of the person, right? So if, if their intent is not to get better and just kind of bring people down with them, then then that's not you know that's not a relationship I'm looking to kind of take on. But if their intent is to get better and realize, man, I have like I'm in this kind of depressed state, and I, I notice that I'm just not the best version of myself as a husband, wife, father, mother, you know, that type of deal, um, then, and I want to get better and I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to work with those type of people. Actually, that's, that's the most gratifying thing you can do, right. Is, is to get people. Out most of those definitely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's, but, but yeah, that, that kind of comes back to that, that mood thing. And I, you know, it's, it's just so funny how I think that the more we dig into this and kind of like how you mentioned how you can go from happy to snappy in a minute, Jeff, but then, yeah, you, have yeah. these, but then you also have these things that kind of, you know, weigh on you like a, you know, like an anchor around your neck for more long term type stuff that can affect your needs. Yeah, you, it, Steve. Well, yeah, no, I, I I agree with everything you guys have said, and you know, mood is is, is definitely a big part of the work that I do, exp exploring it and understanding it, and um, uh, so it's it's something I'm dealing with all the time. And so, just for sake of time, I know I won't be able to touch on every aspect of it. Um, but there are a lot of different sources, you know, um, of influence when it comes to your mood. Um, I think one of the biggest ones that a lot of people talk about are your thoughts. Right. And so there's a lot of like theories of emotion that we'll focus on, you know, what comes yeah. first, the chicken, chicken or the egg. And, and I do believe that um, our thoughts are some of the most powerful factors that influence mood. Not so much what happens to us, in other words, but what we tell ourselves about what's happening to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because that's where we can make a shift in perspective that can make 
the world of the difference, you know, and I, so I think I, I like the idea of there being a lot of power that, that we can kind of regain over our life experience just by taking a moment to shift our mindset. Um, and the really cool thing about it, and this kind of gets a little bit more into what you can do as I use this analogy often, is you don't have to make a tremendous shift. You know, if you think about a plane traveling from Boston to LA, um, if it makes a course change of even a single degree, it'll it'll probably end up either landing in Mexico, you know, or yeah, Northern yeah, California. Right. And so yeah. even a degree of change in a plane's flight path from Boston to LA uh, will will significantly change uh, mm -hmm. the landing location and where it ends up landing. So um, it doesn't take a whole lot of change effort, just a little bit. So I think our thoughts are big. Um, certainly for people that have, you know, issues with uh, uh, brain chemistry um, and, and chemical imbalances um, that require medication uh, to be able to improve mood and, and positively impact mood. I mean, that, that's also something to take, take into consideration. Some people just have the brain chemistry that requires a little bit of extra support psychiatrically or medically. Um, yeah. And, and there's other forms of intervention that can be used too that are non-drug therapy based, but that's also a big factor as well. Um, social factors and influences are going to impact me. Like for me, I went through a bit of a slump like the last week and a half. Yeah. And um, today mm -hmm. was the first day that I was able to get back out physically distanced, you know, between me and uh, about five of us that were working out with, with, with Adam, your brother, um, Colin. And it was amazing the impact that it had on my mood. This was the first time that I had woken up before, I think I was mentioning before about uh, seven o'clock or so in like six weeks. And that matters because my routine used to be waking up at about 5.15. Yeah. And um, I woke up and I felt refreshed as opposed to having bags under my eyes and feeling groggy and tired. Um, and uh, I was able to get out and do some exercise and exert myself, get my you know blood flowing and other feel good chemicals flowing throughout my body. And I feel so much better today just because of that. So mm -hmm. um, getting back into my routine, being around people, that um, are, are close friends of mine and being in a supportive environment really mattered. It mattered a lot. Um, yeah. So so that all impacted mood. Um, when, when I think of mood too and how we experience it, I think one of the things that a lot of people, and I think men especially, um, at least in my experiences, have talked about this is they get angry or people in general can get angry um, or frustrated and 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 express that more than they express like any of the other moods or emotions and so if you're feeling angry or frustrated one thing to kind of ask yourself is is that just the tip of the iceberg is that what i'm showing or expressing um but is there a possibility that there's a lot of other emotions that lie just beneath the surface like sadness yeah. you know um sadness i do believe in depression is is the opposite side of the coin um as far as anger is concerned so when people are angry, it's usually possible, not always uh, the case, but it's possible that really what they're feeling is a deep sense of sadness and hurt. And um, it's easier to express anger because anger um, is, you know, I think for a lot of people, it feels a little bit more empowering. Uh -huh. You know, um, it, they don't feel quite as vulnerable because it's a much more aggressive emotion. So um, it feels safer, but it, it also causes a, a lot more damage. Yes, um, it brings hurt to many. Yeah, so that's one of the challenges. So one of the things we'll do is with, with mood, um, so many things can impact it, but if you're only expressing one and it happens to be frustration, irritability, or anger, I'll usually encourage people to do a little digging and, and see what lies just beneath the surface. Right, and so I guess that was my question for you. You mentioned like these kind of daily thoughts and you mentioned perspective. So 
how do you get either yourself or other people to kind of ground themselves in perspective? And I know you mentioned like the one degree rule and how are you going to make those small changes to kind of get your thoughts on maybe the uh, more positive light? Yeah, there's so many different things that you can do, but I like putting my thoughts on trial is what I'll call it. So I'll, I'll kind of look at the emotion that I'm having and then I'll ask myself, you know, what was it that I was thinking um, or imagining just before or while I was experiencing that emotion? And it's, you, can, you have to guess at it because you're not going to know for certain. You can take a guess. You might say something like, um, oh, you know, like somebody was angry with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or, or nobody likes me or, or whatever it might yeah. be, or, or I'm never going to yeah. see my family again. You know, like if it's related yeah. to what's going on now, this is going to last forever. Um, this is never going to end and we'll never go back to the way things were, that kind of thing. Well, then you put it on trial, you know, and so you act at, and this works really well, you know, if you're uh, um, an attorney already, fun, especially if you're, uh, uh, you know, in the courtroom. But what you would basically do is attempt to um, defend and then to prosecute that perspective. Um, and more often than not, what you'll find is, is it's almost indefensible because you can come up with so many different examples of why that belief really isn't fair and isn't reasonable. And then it's that process that shifts your mentality away from a more catastrophic mindset to a more balanced, you know, and, and what we would call like a wiser mindset. You know, you're, you're operating yeah. according to your wise mind as mm -hmm. opposed to your more emotional mind, which there's nothing wrong with your emotional mind. Don't get me wrong. Like that's an important part of who you are, but um, it can cause you some problems just as much as it can like bring you a whole lot of joy. So that's one thing I would do. Um, yeah. Another, another source, I think, for a lot of people in terms of mood is the internal critic. So we all have within this, this little, you know, you can call it a demon or, or whatever, um, uh, this, this bully, you know, um, that is just so persistent. And it's like with us all the time, because it's not like bullies at school or like at work or wherever where you leave um, and, and they're not physically there. This, this is always in your mind. It's always something that you're having to confront or, or is confronting you or is just, you know, belittling you. So your internal critic sometimes can be the one that really um, uh, amplifies these negative thoughts that we have and, and ends up causing us to experience what sometimes we'll refer to as negative self-talk, right? where we're really beating ourselves up. So I encourage people to kind of list out, you know, what is your critic saying to you? What are some of the cruel statements that it's making? And they're going to be pretty horrific. So I tell people not to not to be easy about it or not to modify them because it isn't isn't kind, right? And so it's not going to say something to you like, uh, you know, this is this is probably never going to end, um, and you're stuck. It's probably going to say something more like, you know, this is this is not only never going to end, you're never going to get back to the way things were. This is the worst case scenario. You're a horrible person um, to begin with, anyway. So if it does get back to the way things were, nobody's going to want to talk to you anyway, right? So it's it's very belittling. And then you can start to develop alternatives, more self-affirming statements. And then I encourage people to state and recite those over and over, just as you would any mantra. And I know it sounds silly and a little bit like the old Saturday Night Live um, skit with uh, the therapist who would look in the mirror in the morning and say, <laughs> you're good enough, you're great enough, and gosh darn people like, but that really helps. Like in the morning, if yeah. you develop a self-affirming statement, look at yourself in the eyes, in the mirror, and recite it. You know, something yeah. like you are a good person or yeah. this is you can get you will get through this. This is going to end. Um, and and it, it makes the world of a difference just speaking with yourself. That was like so you a couple of thoughts. No, and I like how you break it down to like and I think, you know, the more we and we dig into these things pretty deep sometimes. But 
I like how most, I think, in each of our profession, professions, we come back to like the simplistic, the simplicity of it all, you know, like like doing the most basic things that, like you said, it might sound silly, you might do, you know, X, Y, Z. Uh, but that's something I, you know, that I also encourage when you know, for people to do is like, just break it down and do the simple things that will lead to these mood swings, you know? So I think, I don't know. I think, especially hearing that from you, you know, somebody that's kind of works in this kind of, you know, thing day in, day out and how you yeah. like, but, but doing the most simple of things. And, and, and I think Jeff, you mentioned this about kind of journaling earlier, you know, I kind of use the analogy of like, if somebody was having a reaction to some kind of food or allergy, like logging, how they feel after they have like these meals and maybe cutting yes. out things, but also locking like how you feel when you do these, you know, maybe activities or these things mm-hmm. in the day or hanging around these specific type of people, like logging, like how that is kind of making you feel or, you know, what you're doing in the moment and maybe say, you know what, man, when I go for these evening walks, I feel a whole lot better and I'm a lot more pleasant with my family during dinner, you know, things like that, just like, bring it down to those simple rules of journaling. And then once you know, I think once you know kind of what, and I think a lot of us kind of sometimes we could probably name a few things that we already do know that when we do that, we're in a better mood. But then it's not, it's not a knowledge problem of what I need to do. It just becomes then an action problem of how do I get myself to, to get more in a regimen to do these things, right? And that comes from yeah. accountability and things that you have touched on, Jeff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one, one other thing that um, I, I do find myself when I'm working with somebody who's going through uh, mood um, situations in their own personal life is in my prayer time with them, I will pray for um, uh, for the power of discernment uh, to come upon them. And uh, Stephen, I bet, uh, you know, discernment is probably a big thing that you push within the, um, the mental health world is because, you know, anytime our mood begins to change based on multiple ex- externals, um, one of the things that I always ask um, people is, do you take time to discern how you're going to respond uh, to a particular situation? And so uh, I find sometimes even for myself to take a step back um, to, to breathe, um, you know, practice breathing exercises, so forth, uh, maybe even do, um, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, uh, doing a breath prayer, things like that to calm me down uh, or calm the other person down before they respond. Um, there was an email I sent this week that um, I, 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 I typed it in a motion and I stepped back and I I took 24 hours to pray over it before I, I, I mm-hmm. and then I tweaked it, of course, yeah, uh, because so. I took time to discern. And so, right. um, like, you know, do you want to speak to the power of discernment, Stephen? Uh, you know, I know we're getting close to the end, but. Um, oh, my know. gosh. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that it it is sort of the opposite of acting impulsively. So anytime you can step away from a situation and think it through. Uh, you're going to be doing yourself and everybody else a favor. Yeah. Um, you know, because I know there's certain situations where you have to respond in the moment. And, um, you know, if you do respond in a way that you wished you hadn't, the power of forgiveness is an amazing, you know, gift that you can offer somebody. Absolutely. I'll tell people that all the time. You don't have to be perfect because the wonderful thing is uh, that you can always apologize and you can always heal yes. from an interaction that didn't go well. So, um, so, yeah, I would say taking the time to think things through allows you to get back into your wise mind and out yes. of your emotional mind. Because whenever you're triggered by something and you have an emotional reaction, you're no longer utilizing the prefrontal cortex of your brain. 
you know, you're responding according to your to your basic and and primitive instinct um, yes. and and survival instincts, and 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 that's all happening really in many cases automatically um, because of the way that we're built for survival. You know, that fight or flight response that we have kicks mm-hmm. in, and then we lose all ability to make really good rational judgments and decisions. Yeah. So I would absolutely promote and encourage the importance of discernment and taking the time to just think things through. But there, there yeah. is, isn't there a, um, a kind of part of that where instinctively for like positive things that maybe you should jump on things when you, instead of yeah. sitting back, I mean, there's, there's this thing called this 15 second rule, like where like, if say yep. yeah, I came out to you, I'm like, hey, hey Steve, we're going to do this wide fit game. It's a really cool thing. And like, right away, you're like, man, I, I, I'm all in. This sounds awesome. But then you kind of sit back, you're like, you overanalyze it, you second guess yourself, yep. you kind of think. Yeah. Or, or Jeff, yeah. I'm sure Jeff, like you taking the moment for a lot of people are like, and maybe just pray with them, like right then and there, like taking that kind of positive, because you just felt that like they were led to. So yes. that's kind of yes. more like the positive things that maybe you should jump on. But on the negative side, like if you feel anger or frustration, maybe that's when to step back. Yeah, yeah. I think you're like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it comes down to the to, to sort of the situation, the circumstance, like, are you responding based on emotion or not? Um, yeah. And so that that might help you determine whether or not you're in that fight or flight space. Right. Um, right. Because yeah. if you're not, you can make a quick decision that might yeah. pay off in the end, like committing yeah. to do something good for yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because like, because again, the moment you start like, you know, overthinking it, and then it's just Second like guessing, that, yeah. yeah, doubting, right. you know, all that kind of self-doubt. Oh, kind of yeah. Yeah, I think so that's kind of like a, a, a slightly different circumstance, but you're spot on. You have to know like what type of situation you're in to determine, should I make the decision now or should I spend some time thinking about it? Philippians chapter four or six, um, Paul says, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So, you know, Paul's saying here, but supplication meaning asking. And so by prayer and supplication and, and by asking um, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And so when we take time to pray, when we take time to discern, when we take time to think using our wise mind versus our emotional mind, um, we can usually shift the mood that we are in um, to yeah. something that's more positive. I'll tell but, you the number one place I see it too, where it's not happening. Can you guess the number one place where you'll see more often than not? And because it's public, um, maybe store. my guess would be people. What, what was it? The grocery stores. <laughs> the grocery store. <laughs> the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. that, could be, that could be one. That I'm, I'm thinking more like a digital public space. Like where have uh, you experienced a lot Facebook. of yeah yeah all platforms of social media oh yeah 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 and you know what's you know what's interesting about it too is that you know with the development of these you know kind of digital bots these these computer-based um artificial intelligence based uh accounts that are programmed to go in and interact with human beings they know how to trigger people right oh, and so these right. computers these 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 bots are you know um are meant to elicit and, uh, and provoke um, yeah. an emotional response from you using inflammatory rhetoric. So, I mean, I think you see it all the time is, is with social media posts. If you read something that you feel triggers you, I'm not saying, you know, don't respond with passion, but maybe just type out your response, assess it, and then, and then decide whether or not you want to edit it, much like an email. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much so. Yeah, that's a yeah, social media can be a big time slippery slope that way. So that's, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah. whole other 
world. If, if you decide not to type anything at all, I think that's going to also be a good response too. So. Yeah. yeah. Or just use on social media. Yeah. yeah really. Use a, I mean, use yeah. a gift, use <laughs> gift for a meme <laughs> maybe instead. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my go-to. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I, always, yeah. I always pull back on the humor side of things when it comes to social media anyway. So keep it humorous mm-hmm. and, and light. Um, that's right. Anything else you guys want to touch on in terms of uh, influences or, or things uh, maybe recently that have affected your mood? Well, you know, I have one question that maybe um, will help impact our mood today. But um, have you guys ever tried eating a clock? No. Eating a clock? Yeah. Have you ever All tried right. eating a clock? No. Where are you going with this? Yeah, I tell well, it's, it's it's really time consuming, especially if you go in for seconds. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm that's all over the map like, on that one. I love it. I just got, I got hit with like four different emotions all at once. Everything from humor yeah. Yeah. to like. Jeff, Jeff was holding that in his back pocket for the whole podcast. I, think. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd help lighten the mood. You know? That's right. Exactly. That's a good one. I like it. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Well. Thanks for joining us today. Um, as always, you can uh, find us on social media, on Instagram, uh, Lift Feel Pray, uh, on uh, Facebook as well. And then our website, is it is it liftfeelpray.com, Steve? That's it, yes. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and from there, you guys can always reach out. And again, guys, we encourage you to maybe post what you thought about this. If, of course, if you liked it, please like, please share. Um, but maybe even questions or um questions uh, suggestions of what you might want us to touch on in future podcasts uh as always we you know love doing this together but uh, our main goal is to get uh you guys to listen and hopefully get something out of each and every episode yeah I, I, thanks colin i would encourage that too is i we love the feedback um mm-hmm. yes know, positive positive negative or neutral i mean it's, it's it's something that'll give us something to think about and know that you know we're reaching we're reaching you and uh, i just want to thank those people who have reached out to me recently um, I've been so appreciative of, of the things that you've had to share about uh, what you've experienced having listened to the podcast. And, um, you know, we just, we appreciate you so much and, and we love to hear from you. So yeah, thanks for reiterating that. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank All right. You. We'll see you guys next time. Today's intro and outro music was composed by Kevin McLeod and is titled Cheery Monday, available royalty-free at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com.